הרי מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שדרנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר הקדוש ומשבר את המה ובפחד רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחה נובע מכוחמה רבנו נחה נפגע עם שמחה נא נח נחמן נחמן אומן זוכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן ברוך השם today we have three special שיחות and שיחות הרנדה we're going to do shorter ones but very powerful nonetheless starting with שיחה קוף צדיק lesson 190 אמר שכמה פעמים צייר לעצמו ענייני מיתה כאילו הוא מת ממש עד שירגיש טעם מיתה ממש. רבנו said that there were several times in his life he imagined, the, he imagined himself dying. He imagined the concept of death. As רבנו imagined and pictured himself as if he were literally dying until he tasted the, the taste of the real death. He felt what it means to die. גם אני שמעתי שאמר I also heard רבי נתן says that רבנו said That during his youth, during the days of his uh, childhood, Rabbeinu used to picture himself um, in his death. Meaning what? How people were crying around his uh, coffin. Rabbeinu literally used to imagine himself dying. And what uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The ramifications of that were. The people around him who loved him were crying and etc. etc. All that stuff. Rabbeinu He imagined within himself very well all the details and the subject of death. And Rabbeinu said that this is a great task to imagine this. It, it requires a real um, mastery to do this. To get into all the details and to picture yourself in that point until you get to the place of where you actually taste it. Something a little dark that uh, many tzaddikim actually also do, uh, spoke about this. Um, or they, there were tzaddikim in the past that used to put themselves in a, in a grave to, to remind themselves of the day of death. Um, <clears throat> the Gemara speaks about this. Um, the Chachamim say that uh, if you want to do tshuva, think about the day of death. There are lots of things, there are lots of segurot to think about, uh, to, that, uh, what do you call it, that are accomplished whenever you think about death, especially whenever you do it in a way of Yerat Shemaim, to try to increase uh, your, fear of God, your fear of heaven, your fear of God. to try to bring you on the right path. A lot of the times um, we get desensitized to Torah and mitzvot or we, we slowly fall off the path and we need to put ourselves back on the right direction. And uh, thinking about the day of death does this because my mash, it's a wake-up call. That we're not, uh, we don't have a permanent life and we don't have a, a, a life that endures forever. We need uh, to remind ourselves what it means to serve Hashem Yitbach and that we're here only temporarily only as a, uh, as a bridge and as a way to the world to come. And uh, Rabbeinu said that uh, as a child, he uh, constantly pictured death specifically because he was afraid of death. And during his Bodhidut, when Rabbeinu used to speak to God and tell, express to Hashem Yitbarach how afraid of death he was, Rabbeinu specifically used to pray to Hashem Yitbarach that he would die at Kiddush Hashem, that he would die for the sanctification of God's name. that he would do the biggest death of, uh, of all, which is to die at Kiddush Hashem. And Rabbeinu used to pray to accomplish this, specifically because he was afraid of the concept. And to break that, that fear, he specifically prayed to Hashem Yitbach, that Hashem Yitbach would allow him to fulfill the mitzvah of dying at Kiddush Hashem. As a child, he was doing this. It comes to show you that when Rabbi Nathan says that when Rabbeinu was praying in this fashion, 
it was mamash mesirut nefesh already. He was already sacrificing his soul because he already put himself in that position as if he was ready to die. And because he was afraid of that, and yet he was still praying to Hashem Ibar, and he knew in the power of his, he knew the power of his filot, he knew the power of his prayers. So by the fact that he was praying for such a thing, he was mamash risking his life in doing so. Because he was telling Hashem Ibar that I'm ready to do it for your name. So imagine what we're talking about. This is a very great sacrifice, and I'm sure this has to play on the concept of why Rabenu pictured his death so much, and uh, to remind himself of the day of the death. Torah Kuf Tzadik Aleph, Lesson 191. One time Rabenu entered the house, and he responded, he said like this, What can we do? Whenever a great mountain of fire stands before you. What can a person do when a great mountain of fire stands before him? And on the opposite side of the mountain, behind the mountain, before you is the mountain, and behind the mountain there's, a, there's an awesome treasure, a beautiful and pleasant treasure, very precious treasure, uh, standing behind it, on the opposite side. And it's impossible to get to that treasure unless you first pass through that mountain of fire. And of course, you need to do, you need to get to that treasure. You need to get to that place because, of course, there's a tremendous value there, uh, an immeasurable value, an immeasurable, an immeasurable treasure that's attracting you. After a couple of days, Rabbeinu spoke about this concept again. He started laughing, joking around, and he said like this, it's already been known to me. The matter has been known to me what I need to do and to, to attain that uh, treasure, to get to that treasure. What a person needs to do to uh, pass through that mountain of fire and to obtain that treasure. Of course, it's a very deep parable. What this means, I have no idea. But I'm sure the Esh, it's possible that this has to do with the, the fire of Tavot, perhaps. There's many different interpretations that this can go. And the treasure, of course, is perhaps the Otsar, the treasure house of Yirah. Um, who knows? I, I have no idea. But nonetheless, of course, there's a, there's a deep concept here that Rabbeinu is trying to teach us. What that is, I don't know. As Rabbeinu said, it's been known to me what I need to do to attain that treasure. But he didn't mention what it was. So Hashem Bach should open up the gates of understanding to help us understand what it means and uh, how to attain that treasure. Torah, Kuf Tzadik Bet, Lesson 192. Pa one time, Rabbi Nathan says, I spoke with Rabbeinu, may his memory be a blessing, about, a su- about this subject. Which subject? The subject that the world finds it hard to believe that nowadays there are very great tzaddikim at the very high spiritual level like the, like the previous generations, like the generations of the great tzaddikim before us, like the Avot and the uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, etc., etc., like the generation, the first generation of the Jewish people. So Rabenu was speaking about, with Rabbi Natan about this, and Rabbi Natan was talking about, with Rabenu about this, saying that they both were talking about how the fact that the world finds it hard to believe, they find it impossible that today, nowadays, in their time, especially now, that there can be tzaddikim at the same level, in the same caliber of, Moshe, uh, of the great tzaddikim before us, like Moshe Rabenu and Abishim Bayochai and all these great tzaddikim. Anavayama Rabenu responded to this concept. He said like this: If a person believes in God, 
A person needs to be, believe that there are tzaddikim as well. Just as a person believes in Hashem, a person has to believe there are tzaddikim. There's no separation between those two. Because just as Hashem Yitbach is certainly existing, the same is true that there are certainly tzaddikim existing within each and every single generation. And understand this very much, for this is Mamash, one of the principles of the Torah, that there are tzaddikim that come back every single generation. And not just any tzaddikim, we're talking about very special tzaddikim. So, it's not surprising when Rabbanu says certain things about the great tzaddikim, especially about uh, the level that he attained, that this is not surprising, especially because of this, now that we understand that there can be awesome tzaddikim that appear in later generations, even far away from the giving of the Torah, thousands of years after the giving of the Torah, there can be awesome tzaddikim um, that even surpass these levels of the greatest tzaddikim before us. Um, the greatest tzaddikim that we know about, even in the Torah, and the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim. So, this is a, a psak that Rabban was telling us. This is something that's a, that this is a matter of, uh, there's no arguing against this. That there are tzaddikim that we can find, especially in the previous generations, the Mamash, compare, and that even might surpass um, the greatest tzaddikim that we know before. And this is something that, that we have to increase our emunayin, that mamash there are tzaddikim, and the books of the great tzaddikim, the chassidim, like Rabenu, like Rabbi David Tumibadich, the Baratania, the great tzaddikim, that mamash, they, they brought inyanim into the world, subjects, teachings into the world, the Ari Akadosh, the Arizal. Imagine the Arizal, <laughs> what we're talking about here. The Arizal attained levels that, uh, that we can't even imagine. Bar Shem Tov attained things that even lights Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai could not grab that Bar Shem Tov went through. <laughs> so, it, it's something beyond our understanding. And yet the Bar Shem Tov was uh, in the 1700s. <laughs> so, uh, it passed away in the, in the mid-late 1700s. So, imagine, 1700s and yet uh, at the giving of the Torah, which is thousands of years beforehand, there's Moshe Rabbeinu, and yet there's still awesome tzaddikim that come back to help the generation. So it's something we have to believe in. We have to increase our munayin. And Abizat Hashem, we should follow the advice of these awesome tzaddikim that we know are awesome because they have the ability to change us for the better. That's it for today and we'll continue next podcast with Seif Kuf Tzaddikimim.